Shaloma, you're listening to Watered Womanhood, the podcast for women walking in the truth of who Yahuwah, the Most High, says we are, where we uncover what it means to be his bride. I'm Rava Shah Alohalani, founder of the Hebrew Housewife, a set-apart homemaking blog for the Daughters of Israel. I've been studying the word all my life and ministering to Israelite sisters since 2019 by the grace of Abba Nawa with original homemaking tips, biblical marital advisory, and truth-based devotionals. Join me in building up the kingdom at Hebrew Housewife on Instagram and thehebrewhousewife.com where you can join both my exclusive email newsletter and the Hebrew Housewives Club, a private Facebook group for us, by us. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2. Today's episode is titled, Looking Good is Part of Your Role. Now, I feel as though a wife's appearance tends to be a bit of a controversial topic for whatever reason. I think that's mainly due to the fact that many wives would agree they tend to neglect their appearance not long after securing the marriage. I just want to preface today's episode with a few disclaimers before we begin. Number one, your beauty, your appearance, and your presentation is between you, your husband, and the most high. No one else. No one else's opinion should matter as much as your husband's and your Lord's. So take what I say with a grain of salt. And if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, then the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Number two, looking good or having a feminine appearance does not solve your marital issues. It won't make your husband love you more. It won't make him be faithful if he's unfaithful. And it won't dissolve his wandering eyes if he has wandering eyes. I am not making any promises or guarantees about what your beauty can do for your marriage or even your self-esteem. Today's episode is simply a reminder that it is your duty as a wife to be put together daily, not just on special occasions. Now that we have that cleared up, let's get to the nitty gritty. (laughs) Looking good is part of your role as a wife. In my opinion, looking good is as important for a wife to accomplish as it is for her husband. Sorry, as it is for her to be submissive to her husband. Now, why do I say this? Why does Sister Asha believe this? I'm so glad you asked. Let me walk you through my thought process. Because again, this is my podcast and I'm sharing my perspective. Sirach chapter 26 verse 13 says, The grace of a wife delighteth her husband and her discretion will fatten his bones. This verse may or may not be referring to a wife's appearance. But... There's a special word in this verse that I love that really stands out, and that word is discretion. Many people think of the word discretion as simply being secret or private or subtle, right? Like having discreet packaging or delivering news discreetly. However, discreet originally means to do something with keen preference, preferential treatment, or with caution. To offer something with discretion means you give the receiver partiality and influence over what is given and how it's presented. Now, 
In marriage, this could mean giving your husband preference over how you refer to him or the meals that you cook for him or how you discipline his children, what you do in the bedroom. And discretion can also mean letting your husband influence how you maintain your feminine appearance. He is your leader, after all. And if your husband could be honest without the fear of hurting your feelings, he would probably ask you to eat more mindfully or wear little lipstick sometimes. Another thing that stands out in Ecclesiastic is chapter 26, verse 13, is that it says the discretion will fatten his bones. Fatten his bones. This means our discretion is more fulfilling to our husbands than we will understand. Because bones don't grow fat, nor produce fat, nor do they store fat. Bones don't increase in density after the human body has fully developed. And in fact, with age, bone density tends to decrease. So how does a man's bones get fattened? Clearly, according to scripture, this metaphorical miracle of sorts happens only when a wife offers him preferential treatment in all things. This is such an interesting choice of verbiage made by the author of Ecclesiasticus, and I'm reading from the King James Version. What a great mystery, bones becoming fattened. Dwell on that. Sip sip on that, you know, meditate, ride that wave. (laughs) This verse also encourages us to have grace, and not just in being gracious and merciful and kind, but in carrying ourselves with gracefulness being refined and intentional with our movements and mannerisms, having thought behind our presentation, and being willing to cultivate poise so that our impact on the world around us is delightful. The word says, the verse says delightful. It says the grace of a wife delighteth her husband. To delight means to completely captivate and please beyond what is normal. Being a graceful wife is like being your husband's dessert. And no, not just because you look and smell nice, but because you do carry an upright and kind and thoughtful heart. We as Israelite and Hebrew women walking in truth do like to focus on our works, our hearts, and our service to our husband and families. And this is a very good thing. The word does encourage us to focus less on outward adornment and more on the heart. However, this shift in focus sometimes comes at the cost of our femininity. And the last place this negligence of femininity comes into fruition is in our appearance. We somehow associate the proverbial woman as a woman who has no care for her appearance. I'm not sure how we came to this conclusion, but it needs to stop with us. We secure the marriage so we feel we no longer must impress our man. We're home with the children all day, so we have no need to change out of our nightwear into day clothing. We're busy with homemaking, errands, and life, and so we make excuses not to work out and stay fit. This is something I am guilty of, truly, and it makes me ashamed. And you know what? I'm glad it makes me ashamed because it should. It should. I should be ashamed of this. Shame is a survival mechanism humans have developed that keeps us alive. It keeps us from offending nature. It keeps us mindful of what is appropriate and what isn't. 
When shame stems from righteousness and holiness, it creates shamefacedness in a woman. And in the conversation of honoring her duty to look good, shamefacedness will make her more mindful of her diet, her exercise, and her dress. This upcoming April will make three years of marriage for me. And I'm going to be honest, during our courtship and during the first two years, you couldn't tell me anything about being primped, pressed, and prepared with my feminine presentation, okay? If my husband saw me, I wanted him to look at me and think, this is God's intention for womankind. I wanted my husband to behold me and feel gratitude to the Most High deeply in his core. I wanted my husband to see me and be compelled to praise the Most High. And as a side note, I insert that there is nothing wrong with that. There is so much emphasis on modesty and discretion in our community that we sometimes make the mistake of bringing this home and the even greater mistake of bringing that into the bedroom. If you don't have company or guests at home, why are you being modest? I'll never forget watching an Israelite family's channel wherein the husband had many wives the wives were making a video together discussing a wife's discretion and they said something so profound. These were their words. You see us like this on video looking ragged, but when the cameras are off, we dress to impress. <laughs> I just thought, wow, oh my goodness. <laughs> they said it with such confidence and assurity that I was kind of shocked. You know, they were normally reserved and modest women. You know, like when I beheld them, I thought that they were the example. You know what I'm saying? Like they were the biblical women. So my mind had a difficult time imagining that they might not be those same women behind closed doors, you know, in the privacy of their homes with their husbands. And this is how it should be, contrary to what modern standards have said. All bets are off in the privacy of our homes, especially in the bedroom. Ah, back to my little anecdote. I upheld this principle, right? This belief and this practice in my heart for the first two years of marriage. But 2022 was my year of distress, honey. I became overwhelmed with life, lazy with my appearance and careless with my diet and fitness. Now, there were moments that I did dress up and put thought into my appearance. And yes, I did work out and take daily walks, but the consistency was no longer what it used to be. And you could see it on me. You could see it in me and it began to eat me up. My grandfather gave me some timeless advice just before I'd come together with my husband. He said, in a marriage, a partner ought not to stop doing those things that they were doing in the beginning especially if it makes the other person happy and keeps things running smoothly. I realized that I didn't stop cooking or cleaning or praying or spending time with my husband, but I did stop caring as much about the way I looked. I'm here to warn you not to do this. We're talking about husbands with wandering eyes over on the Hebrew Housewives Club, our private Facebook community, so if you would like to see what we're saying or contribute to the conversation, go ahead and join us. I'll leave the link below or you can find it at the top of my website, thehebrewhousewife.com. Pinpoint what is distracting you from maintaining your feminine presentation. 
Uncover what is getting in your way. Are you not waking up early enough? Are you scapegoating your children? Are you not making room in the budget for a wardrobe update? Or do you just lack the confidence you once had? You're not alone, and I get it. Bodies change after children and life. Pray on these things. Seek Yahuwah for the answers, for the wisdom to be a wife who delights her husband, who fattens his bones with her discretion. One of the greatest things I love about being modest is the mystique it affords me. I've said it before and I will continue to say it. A woman can never have too much mystique. Never. It is impossible. I say that unapologetically too. There is so much reward and power in privacy, discretion, and cultivating an exclusive world that is not easily accessible to everyone. It draws people in. It makes them inquire of you. And their image of you is mostly comprised of their imagination. And this is the best position for a woman to be in. In this modern world, mystique gives us leverage. I've actually written a short ebook now available on the Hebrew Housewife website entitled The Good Looking Wife. In it, I talk about these things. Why we must care about our appearance. The power of looking good keeping things simple, and even the prayers that have helped me. Most importantly, the good-looking wife attempts to tackle the anger and frustration we feel as wives when our husbands emphasize our appearance. And hopefully in doing so, we can be wives who delight our husbands and fatten their bones. The good-looking wife can be yours today for only $10 until the end of January when it will return to the regular price of $12.99. So get your copy on thehebrewhousewife.com now while the deal is fresh. And I'll share a brief excerpt relevant to today's point. This is from The Good Looking Wife, Chapter 1, The Power of Looking Good. A 1990 study by social psychologists on gender differences in concern with body weight and physical appearance over the lifespan, available through the Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin, concluded that while men's regard for physical appearance remained fairly steady throughout life, women's regard for physical appearance decreased with age, meaning women begin to find beauty less important as the years go by. I'm prone to believing this makes us incompatible with men in our latter days, no? Not individually per se, but as sexual creatures, i.e., being male versus being female. This one area that doesn't change in men hits a peak around 25 for women and seems to almost completely fall off a cliff for women around 50 to 60 years of age, sometimes sooner. Our regard for beauty apparently begins decreasing as early as age 35, around the same age our fertility recedes. I hypothesize that this is because women are gifted beauty and the consideration thereof in order to make attracting a mate all the more easy. And mating's primary purpose is to reproduce, something women are mostly only able to do in her fertile years, although we know the Most High can use any vessel to create life. So what happens when we no longer need to procreate because we're beyond childbearing? or when we no longer need to attract a meat because we've already secured our status as a wife, or we no longer utilize beauty and we don't feel like it's necessary in order to please our husbands since they now have us all to themselves. 
The simple answer is that we just stop trying. I believe it's because we no longer see the value of a feminine presentation when we no longer need it to survive or need to capitalize on it. But I argue that we do need a feminine presentation for ourselves and we can begin to see its value outside of the basic survival it affords us. End quote. Again, this is from The Good Looking Wife, a new ebook available on the Hebrew Housewife for only $10. I go much more into depth about this issue, much more than I can cover today. So if you want to better understand this divide that occurs between a husband and wife concerning looks, I highly suggest you grab a copy. And if you're unable to grab your copy today, I have some free resources available for wives struggling to maintain their appearance. First, A few years ago, I wrote an article titled, Taking Care of Yourself is Taking Care of Your Husband. It's still up on my blog, and it includes a guide for why self-care should be the foundation of your life as a woman, some signs you need self-care, and a few inexpensive self-care ideas. I have also already shared an episode in season one titled, Balancing Inward and Outward Femininity, which outlines exactly that. How to Find Balance Between Being a Woman of Yahuwah and Maintaining a Feminine Presentation. I wanted to keep today's episode brief because we are doing most of the talking in the Hebrew Housewives Club. So if you haven't joined again, please go ahead and do so. I pray that you will see your beauty and appearance as an opportunity to invite intimacy and fellowship with your husband and that the Holy Spirit give you the wisdom to cultivate a self-care routine that works for you, renews you, and shows your husband that you care about your feminine presentation. That is all for today's episode of Watered Womanhood. I hope you've been watered. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider joining us over on the pink side. Yes, I am on Patreon and I offer exclusive content that just can't be shared on this side, like my personal updates, a monthly magazine style newsletter, the opportunity to vote on episodes, behind the scenes contents, and more. I even offer a special tier for my feminine princesses starting as low as $5 a month. Be sure to follow, favorite, and leave a review wherever you're listening to make this podcast even more visible. Remember that you can stay up to date and join us for some interesting dialogues at thehebrewhousewife.com and join my newsletter for some members-only perks. And let the peace of Yahuwah rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Until next time, my Shebrews, Shabbat Shalomah.